I, I was scrolling through Twitter one day and I saw that thumbnail pop up and Elon Musk posted it and he just, with no context, he just posted that thumbnail. Really? Yeah. And wow. I, I got so confused, like, what the, why? Why is he posting that? Hello, my chunky monkeys. Today we're diving into the mind behind some of the most surreal animated videos on YouTube. With us is Marco of the channel Podal, boasting 330,000 subscribers. 333, let me correct myself. The 333K, it, it looks great. I, maybe he should just stop there. I, <laughs> uh, he's got hilariously unique videos, such as NVIDIA Bread, the future of bread. You can see there, there's a surreal touch to, uh, to his humor here. And Mr. Incredible gets blasted by a J-Dam. One of my favorites, I gotta say. In this episode, we uncover his creative process, how he juggles work, school, and YouTube, and his recent foray into ambient music. Yeah, I listened to that uh, his album recently. It's, it's good stuff. I enjoyed it. A note for those of you watching the video version of this episode, unfortunately we don't have a video of Marco's beautiful face as he is talking to me, so you'll just have to be watching me the whole time. You'll get to see me actively listening. I hope I didn't, like, uh, absentmindedly pick my nose or something, but that, <laughs> it's all, it's, it is, it's there. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Anyway, let's get to it. Here's Marco. I think that was the third one. Yeah, that sounds right. I, no I mean, I've probably called. watched that video yeah. like 20 times, and I've recommended it to several people. <laughs> so, uh, And I know what that's like, though, when it's like... Uh, that video is probably from like 2017 or 2018, when someone's like, I love that video you made years ago, and you're thinking to yourself, that was garbage. Like, <laughs> this is terrible. Actually, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I made that... It was... Yeah, it was like July 2017. It was right after I graduated university. Yeah. I just had absolutely nothing to do, so I just thought, why not I'll make that? Why not cut up a Fraser episode and uh, turn it into uh, something? Yeah, like, I don't even remember what the story was. It, it was something to do with the wine, and I just added Battlefield references throughout everything. Yeah. The thing about a lot of those is that... Um, I always wondered if I was missing some kind of meme reference, but I was still able to uh, enjoy it. Like, I didn't know if there was some kind of underlying genre that this was part of. It's one of those things where the first instance you see of something, you're like, this is amazing, not realizing that maybe it is actually in the format of something that already exists. Yeah, I think uh, the majority of my older videos was based off, like, British humor that I grew up with. And very subtle jokes that I don't think any anyone would uh, notice unless you lived in the UK for a while. Yeah, like the recurring so, uh, Tesco um, references, yeah, etc. Tesco and all these small like supermarket brands, and then I just slap it. I'll just throw in like all these logos just for no reason. Yeah, just all uh, these brands. <laughs> I guess you could say it's like very postmodern in a way like is a lot of that intentional or is it just kind of like you having fun and throwing in whatever um yeah i guess i'm just trying to i was just trying to experiment back then i was just trying to add whatever new thing i could think of i was trying to top myself every every video because I, I i felt like in 2016 i was kind of running out of ideas wow i've been doing it far. since like 2014 yeah 
Yeah, I started in uh, like February 2014. Wow. And then after about a year of doing all these all these parodies, I hit a wall. I didn't know what I was doing, so I had to try and do something new. And Did you find... Uh, to, to yeah, go ahead. No, no, that's fine. I was finished. Ah. <laughs> I was like, did you, were you finding an audience right away or was it kind of just putting videos out into a void for a while? Uh, I think with the, there was a subreddit called Montage Parodies that was so popular back then, 2014. And I think straight away, uh, it was going quite well because I still have screenshots of the channel when we had at least like 100k subs. Yeah. So the majority of the videos were getting quite a good amount of views, uh, but then it started stagnating around 2017. So when I was doing that video, and I was just doing it for fun. I was just doing it to uh, pass the time, and it was yeah, it was just enjoyable to make those videos. Yeah. At, so at at the time, where did that come from? Was it like you were? Uh, just trying to work on editing skills where you is it just something uh, that you picked up for a <clears> laugh because you saw other people doing it yeah because I, I was studying film and sort of film communication and back then my goal was to to be an editor hopefully yeah so what I was doing was trying to experiment and trying to it was kind of just a, a way for me to improve my skills and just put it to good use you know to make some videos is editing still uh, what you are trying to do now? Because, uh, yeah, kind of. I'm sort of switching over to audio now, like engineering. Yeah. To do to do with that, so it's kind of ironic considering my older videos, the sound quality is terrible. It's just distortion, but I'm trying to not do that anymore. Yeah. Well, there is. I mean, I feel like there is something to humor in the last on the internet in the last, you know seven to ten years yeah. where it's just like loud is funny yeah there was a there were some periods where I remember people like KSI were quoting some of the videos oh really this was, eight, this was like yeah this is ages ago but and all these other people and they were just saying how the sound quality was so terrible but it was actually good and I just decided to keep doing that for a few years yeah I feel like there is something to that where uh there's a humor added when the when things are distorting and i don't know like i've tried to capture it myself and i don't know it doesn't work because i'm kind of my background a lot of it is in like uh sound design and so it's difficult for me to separate this sounds bad from this is funny <laughs> you know when i'm doing it when someone else does it i'm like that's perfect uh you know like no i I don't know if it's just they use they're just used to it, the fact that I constantly do that for every video. But even if I do like a one second sound that's just really horrible, they'll immediately think it's just funny. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know what it is because I'll I'll find it funny too, and I'm like, is it just because it's <laughs> unexpected? Is it because of it's, the? Yeah, it's it's like that don't care attitude. Like I, I'm well. Uh, I'm experienced enough to know that that's not good enough. Like, that sound quality isn't good, but I'll do it anyway. Right. Like, I know it's terrible. I know it's clipping, but I'll just do it for, for because it's funny. 
Yeah. And I guess there's also sort of a knowledge that the audience has that everything else in the video is so complicated that clearly you could have done it properly. I but really could have. You and chose I, not I've to. Done, yeah, I've done like serious videos before, but I choose to do this really absurd way of editing. I don't know why I do it. I think it's just, I feel it's quite unique just to do something completely, it's kind of surreal. Yeah, that, I mean, video. that's what I love about your content is that it is yeah. uh, entirely, it's like, at least for what I've seen, it's entirely... Uh, unique and it has that surreal humor that is um yeah it's, it's very strange it's got i mean and it's got like a brute force to it but it's also got a cartoonishness to it especially now that you've uh you know in the last few years moving to animation where it doesn't mm. feel like it's like a shock to the senses but it's still it's so absurd that you you can't help but laugh at it. When did yeah. that switch happen? Like when did you start doing the animation? Was that from the beginning or was there a switch in the uh, middle where you're like, actually, hey, I can animate? So in twenty fourteen I did my first I put my first animation on the channel. I think it was this gravity video or something, a parody of that. Because I just discovered this three D plugin in After Effects that I could sort of use quite well. So over the years I was trying to as I said before like I was running out of ideas just for editing over like footage so I thought okay with animation I can do anything I want so I tried to learn over the years and eventually uh, I think around 2016 I I just sat in front of my PC and thought well I have nothing else to, to make so I'm gonna try and switch over to just animation and at the beginning it wasn't really getting much uh, as many views mm. until one of them just went it was, I think it was the up video that went like with 6 million views or something oh yeah and that just began that whole thing for the last 4 years yeah that uh, that's around I, I found your channel a little bit after that the first video that yeah. YouTube recommended to me was, strangely enough, uh, how to ask out your crush using a Boeing 787 vector <laughs> approach. And it's because I was, I was really interested in aviation, and I was watching all these videos about airplanes, oh. and I guess the algorithm got like confused and was like, uh, here, here's hey, a video about airplanes. The <laughs> it's weird because I don't know... I didn't know much about airplanes, and there was a scene where, like, there's something to do with the the flaps opening up. Uh huh. And I and I showed the spoilers opening up. I, I legit thought that was the right thing, but apparently it's not. It's the wrong thing. But you got and roasted for that. Just, yeah. But maybe that's part of the video. It's just everything's so absurd. Like I don't really care. It's just. <laughs> yeah, there's the wrong like thing happening. The and your titles are amazing because of the absurdity like because like they all seem to follow a uh pattern of s something like that it's like a something very specific and there's an action in it you know carl gets shot down by an f-22 raptor yeah. and it's just the title itself gives you the it's, it's like a joke in and of itself like i laugh just seeing the title it, yeah i I think I, I began doing that with the up video. I just wanted to be so literal and say, like, this is literally what happens. I can pretty much tell you what the video is going to be about. Yeah. Uh, 
And because it's so absurd, that's basically what the title is. The title is also absurd. And then eventually it just gets even worse. Like I get so specific with some of the titles. I'm trying to look through them now. Can't really remember, but uh, yeah, just eventually there's stuff like uh, Sp the SpongeBob video, you know, with the Delta P thing. Yeah, it just gets even worse. Of <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Spider-Man gets hit in the groin with a brick. That's uh, a good one. Oh yeah, one. that's uh, that's pretty good. Uh, of course, uh, Mr. Incredible gets blasted by a, a J-Dam. Is that how you would Ooh. say a J-Dam? Yeah, J-Dam. Joint, so, joint direct something munition. I can't remember what it is. Something like that. So animation is just something you picked up for your own fun on YouTube. It's not like you were studying it in school and were like, hey, let me uh, use this. Actually, I was, I was doing it professionally for... A, about five years I mean I started around the same time I did animation it was in 2017 so I started doing it professionally and on YouTube okay so there was but, some uh, lead up to it where you were like I know I'm getting my oh, reps yeah. in okay yeah yeah because I, I I wasn't using back then before 2017 I wasn't using professional software I was well unless you count After Effects like some of the plugins in that but mm-hmm it was very limited and I just realized I can't do what I want that well with this. So eventually I had to switch over and learn the new ones. Yeah. Yeah. How, how would you, uh, like if someone asked you, what is your channel about? What would you, how would you describe uh, <laughs> it? Like, what would you say? Well, number one, I don't tell people about it. That's, that's oh, really? the rule. Because what do I say? Like, uh, I make these, Kind of funky videos um but if i were to answer that i'd say i mean if i look at my about description i just write 3d animator slash music whatever but before it used to say curator of 3d chaos ah which kind of means i take absurd things and just animate it in a way or i ruin people's childhoods by animating their childhood shows and yeah. <laughs> just like doing that now with the because some of these are so absurd and out there do you feel like like what do you feel when you are taking that risk or maybe we should maybe I should back up and be like how do you even like what's your creative process for a video um so what I have is I have a it's not google docs it's something else it's like a notepad thing yeah Literally, whenever I think of uh, an idea, I write it down into a list. So for the last three years, I've got a, a literally like five pages of video titles yeah. that I can work on. But the ideas just really come out of nowhere. I could be in the street watching like a construction site or something as I'm walking past. And then think of something absurd that could happen there and that could be an idea. It's really just random. It could be any time of the day I could get an idea. And it's like, what is the spark of the idea that makes you think that could be a video? Um, just something unique that could happen. Something like absurd. Yeah. Just, it, it usually involves loud sounds or something smashing or like things falling over. I don't know. It's, it starts with that. Right. Yeah. That's what I think is a, uh, 
an interesting thing with your videos as opposed to like the kind of videos I make, which are dialogue centered, you know, like yeah. nothing, nothing happens really, you know, visually in my videos. Mm. Whereas, so like for me, a video starts from a joke basically, or a concept or a misunderstanding or some kind of like interpersonal, whatever. And for you, it's like a visual or it's like this actually happens. You can experience, you can witness this thing happening, which um, is interesting because I feel like that can make it much more universal. Like perhaps that's why some of your videos have blown up so big is because you don't really have to there's no jokes well there are there are a lot of jokes but you can like just appreciate the visuals and the jokes are secondary the 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 text Uh, and that's the thing the majority of my videos have actually happened in real life like after i've made them like the art video actually happened quite specifically and i didn't even like i kind of predicted that with the whole balloon thing and oh yeah yeah and some of them are actually just like real world situations that could happen but happen in a to like fictional characters like the spongebob video it's like quite scientific because of delta p but then it's just happening to spongebob which is kind of weird right yeah so people can kind of relate to that in some way yeah of course the your most popular video is nvidia bread the future of bread Oh yeah, is that something that could happen in real life? Because uh, it's been a while since I've watched it. <laughs> I remember when that video came out, and I feel like that one had like a delayed. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like I was watching when I watched it the first week or two. It wasn't clear that it was going to be this super smash hit with uh, seven million views. Was it? Did it actually, take off right away? Yeah, I think in in a week it got like a million. That was like well, the they, only one I, I must, did. Then I must have like tuned in the first hour or two and th- said oh yeah man. i mean <laughs> uh, and the idea for that was i just saw a loaf of bread like an image of a loaf of bread like in a thumbnail yeah and i just thought okay let me just go into photoshop and put a logo on it a random logo so i looked through my hard drive and i found this nvidia logo that i used for something else and i just put it over the packaging and i thought oh that's kind of funny and then that, that's how the video started so you worked so you did uh, you know the uh, the YouTube Mr. Beast recommended uh, method of come up with the thumbnail first, and then you work backwards oh, from that. Is that a thing? That is, is that like the way the pros say to do it is before you even commit yourself to you know writing a script or whatever, you need to oh. you know, design. You need to have a thumb. If you can't package your video, then there's no point in making it. Like if you can't come up with it's title. Actually, th- that's a good idea, actually. I think I've done that without realizing. Oh, I yeah. Just, I mean... I visualize it, yeah. Yeah, you're... I mean, the, you look at your top videos. I mean, may, the bing bong theory, the thumbnail is, <laughs> is funny, but I don't know if it's best practices necessarily by today's standards. But Stretched. Yeah, but the NVIDIA bread, the up to, the Mr. Incredible one are all um, very eye-catching, uh. and they look like... I they look like man I really want to click on that video like I want to see the, yeah. the up house get blasted by a you know F22 I, Raptor I know and 
I, I was scrolling through Twitter one day and I saw that thumbnail pop up and Elon Musk posted it and he just, with no context, he just posted that thumbnail. Really? Yeah. And wow. I, I, I got so confused, like, what the, why? Why is he posting that? Not so, even yeah. a link to the video, just the thumbnail? No, he, obviously he didn't link the video, but he, I think it was when the actual incident happened with the real balloon. Oh. And he just tweeted that to something, I don't know. Did that <laughs> video get a, a bump when that happened? Oh, yeah, because originally it was at uh, about 5. five oh, wow. Dang. Now it's 6.1, yeah. That is, uh, that's fortunate. <laughs> yeah, uh, just overnight, I uh, just got all these random views from people. Yeah. I, th I think the algorithm, I think the algorithm must just get confused by your content and be like, I don't know, what, <laughs> what is this yeah, about? It, it, might, it might be a tactic, like it's so realistic. Yeah. It probably thinks it's real news. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, with the, so let's go back to the NVIDIA bread one. Mm. So you have, so it's like, it came from the thumbnail. You had an image of a loaf of bread with a logo on it. Yeah. So then you worked backwards from there and you were like, what would what would a loaf of bread be like if it was made by NVIDIA? It, yeah, it was literally that. It was like, okay, it needs a, a fan, like some something to cool it. And but then to be fair, I did like write the script beforehand because I, I use text to speech. So I didn't just go right into it and animate something. I kind of structured it in some way. But yeah, originally it was just the thumbnail and literally slapping a logo on the packaging and that was it. I worked from there. Wow. Yeah. I, I wondered about that if you write, like in general, if you write a script for them because they're all very intricate, but they're also so random that I could see how uh. you could just sit <laughs> down and kind of throw it together as you go, you know? Okay, so... For the Incredibles one, there was a script yeah. that I handed to uh, Jigsaw to do the voice lines. And basically what happened was he read all the lines, but I ended up using absolutely everything he said, even the parts that I, he didn't intend to be in the video. Oh, he's like yeah. thanking me, thanking me at the end of the video for like helping record. I used that. And then I actually worked from there like I worked as I went along it wasn't really structured around the script it was I would have all these lines I just add them into some random scene or something yeah so it's sort so of like a mix chaotic yeah yeah and I used the first take of the voice line so it seemed very unnatural yeah I do remember just... there was one line where he there was one line where he starts he breaks and he starts laughing and you left that in, yeah. which I thought was funny. Yeah, that that was uh, him actually just laughing at how terrible the line was. And yeah. Just, I just kept it in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how long does it take you to make a video like that? If, I mean, the Mr. Incredible um, one, that's six minutes long. I got to imagine oh, yeah. it's, it's like weeks and weeks so, of work. Yeah. Actually, that one took six months because... Oh, wow. It was, uh, when was it? It was 2020. So, yeah, around six. Because I started it in in March 2020. I finished it in September. And But that wasn't the longest one. The longest one was a SpongeBob one. That took 11 months because I was doing it on and off. I wasn't working on it every day. Right. But the, the average video, I guess, will take roughly maybe a month 
if it's animated. Yeah. Um, which is why I don't do it that often because just don't really have time at the moment. But right. yeah, back then I was just going all out and doing these really long videos and just hoping at the end it would get some views. And 75% of the time they did. The rest, uh, one of them for 2017, it was like a 13-minute animation. Didn't do really that good. Oh, man. So, yeah. That's always a uh, heartbreaker where you put in the extra effort and you're like, okay, yeah. no, one, no one wants to see and then, <laughs> And then I release like a one-second video of like a still frame and that gets more views than something else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've done a lot of... Uh, kind of just like joke posts that um, oh, yeah. I've noticed yeah. over the over the years uh, like the exclusive gameplay footage from uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 and 8K <laughs> uh, that's actually 40 by 30 pixels upscaled to 8K yeah that's uh, it's, it's funny it's, because it's like you look in the YouTube settings thing for the video player and you're like yeah, yeah this is an 8K <laughs> No, oh uh, yeah, it's definitely okay. And uh, the sound quality is the worst I've ever seen. Um, I actually encoded it like the worst quality you could possibly get. So it sounds like you're underwater in like a bubble or something. But so what's what's the thought massive. process behind a video like that where it's sort of like this? Uh, the joke is like the video itself isn't funny. The joke is in the fact that it's a four minute video that's unwatchable <laughs> like is the do you is it for us the people who are in the know to laugh is the point to get people who yeah. think it's a real trailer to click uh yeah definitely like the people that are subscribed they've known over the last nine years of watching the channel that um i'm known for making really long overly detailed sort of videos that I spend too much time on so then I just counter that and do the the worst possible effort um and plus it's because it's kind of a filler while I'm working on a bigger project I'll just do a little filler video like that but yeah it's just definitely for the people that know because people outside of the channel won't they'll see that and think um what is this you know yeah they, they will, don't know the, the they will be mad joke. yeah yeah they will <laughs> <laughs> do you ever get people uh, clicking who don't get what you're trying to do and uh, um, they they're like what you know they're upset they leave a angry comment do you even read the comments yeah what? I read every comment yeah oh wow I like reading them um, I think I've had a few of those where they, I, you know it's, it's not their fault like they just don't get the the inside jokes just yeah. basically between me and me and the people on the channel but I haven't really had anything hostile like that I guess yeah it's been all quite good it's just they just don't really get it that's it really yeah yeah well as soon as I asked that question I know that you uh, at least read some comments because I got I got a heart from you one time I uh, you know, oh yeah desperate viewer here I was like <laughs> notice <laughs> me been, I must have been on that uh, cooking with Poda one uh uh, it might have been then it might have been too the one I remember I think well yeah it might have been that one yeah specifically I remember I think I left one on the uh, the Homer Simpson one I don't know why oh, this sticks out in my that mind one. Oh yeah that one because the, the line where he sits down and he says 
you know, give me a doof. That was uh, that got me laughing. So I. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the comment the, now. It I says, think, "Who else is watching this while drinking a doof?" Yeah, there we go. There you go. <laughs> uh, uh, it's I forget. Let's see. When was that released? Was that 2019? It was kind of you yeah. know. It's weird. I don't know if do you comment on other videos from your uh, your main YouTube channel account. Uh, no, because what I do is I have like an archive account, which used to be my old YouTube account. Ah. And that's got all my favorites, like my playlists, everything that I just use for everyday watching. So I can't really be bothered to switch to other to my other account every time I want to comment. So Yeah. I just use this for uploading. Yeah, it's also a little weird because you like for when you have the check mark next to your name it feels like when you're posting a comment, you're trying to say, hey, look at me, too. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> guys, I'm leaving a comment. I'm cool. No, I just I just posted my my other channel with, like, 4,000 subs. Yeah. It's easy that way. Yeah. Um, you've also uh, started releasing music recently. Mm. So tell me about that. Oh, yeah. So... In 20, uh, well, I'll start from the beginning. So I started doing music way back in 2011. I was basically back then doing, uh, like using loops and samples and just making something with that. So it's very basic. I was only like 15 or something. And then around 2021, so roughly, well, I don't know, nine years or something, um, I decided to try it out more professionally. So I had to learn some software and yeah, release my first album. Um doing one at the moment, doing a small one, but yeah, it just began with when I was younger. Yeah. Just kind of love music and I want to pursue that now. I just want to try that a bit more. Yeah, that I mean so it's through what what program do you use? Uh Ableton. Ableton, okay, yeah. Yeah. And, and the what genre are you making music in? So it's a bit of a mix, but it's usually ambient slash electronic or I don't know the, the name of the genre. It's kind of, yeah, I think it's at electronic or something someone said once. Yeah. So you come at it from a kind of production standpoint, maybe similar to sound design with video rather yeah. than, you know, a musical, a traditional musical background. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, most of the themes that I do for each album or whatever is is based off uh, like memories or a location or just an experience that someone can have, like I don't know, driving down a highway or something. Yeah, and I usually involve like real world sounds. I normally add like rain in the background or something just to get a bit more immersion. Uh, but I'm trying to branch out and just do something more, not generic, but you know what I mean. Just yeah, what other people do country western album something like that oh yeah i could do a country album yeah <laughs> so, yeah. Singing. so what is the like ambient music what is the idea like because the, there are some songs you if you're writing them you would expect oh someone's gonna like listen to this and sing along with the words or whatever but ambient music is sort of like that that background get into yeah. a trance kind of thing like what do you imagine when someone puts on your music like what 
what is it? Uh, I mean, this sounds so uh, basic and uh, you know devaluing the art, but it's like what what in what situation do you imagine someone listening to it? So. I've always been a fan of ambient music ever since I was a kid. It's it's a very uh, good relaxation tool. Yeah. And I, you know, every day while I'm working, I have some kind of ambient music in the background for that reason, just to relax while I'm working. So what I want to do is, just like every other artist, is just create music for people to to be able to relax. Just something they can play anywhere they want, you know, just calms them down if they need it. Yeah. Do you uh, like have uh, a playlist on Spotify or something that's your go-to? Yeah, I've got loads. I can actually open it and check, but it's um, mainly this artist called Igneous Flame, which I listen to religiously. He just does exclusively. He does ex- yeah. He does ambient basically, and he's been doing it for so many years. He's kind of my inspiration for everything. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, the, I and I ask some of these basic questions because that's a genre I've never uh, really dipped my toe into. Because I'll, I mean, sometimes when I'm working, I'll look for something in the, you know, some ambient playlists, uh, you know. Oh yeah. But uh, I feel like with Spotify, I don't, and I don't know if this is a because of the genre itself and what's out there and what's popular, or if it's the people who make the playlists at Spotify. But I just find it all like. It gets. Uh, I just feel depressed when I listen to a lot of these kind of instrumental uh, things. Uh, so I don't know. This is probably just a me thing, you know. <laughs> no, fair enough. I mean, like, what kind of music do you like then when you're? When you're uh, I can't like usually a... listen to too much music when I'm working. So it'll, you know, it's got to be instrumental. I mean, you probably understand that. Like, if there's lyrics, yeah, my, my creativity get gets confused. Um, plus a lot of times I'm, yeah. I'm either writing something and you can't, it's hard, you can't listen to words and write at the same time and, or I'm editing something and it's like, it's too much. So yeah, it's, uh, fu- it's embarrassing, but probably the thing is like the soundtrack for Skyrim is the thing I listen to the most if I'm listening to music while working. Oh, I like that one. There's yeah. one at the end. It's like an hour long of Yeah. Like, the atmospheres. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one is cool. Yeah, I mean, so this, so in my Spotify Wrapped every year, the Skyrim soundtrack is always like the number one thing because <laughs> that's just you know I've listened to it on repeat over and over. See, that's one of my inspirations as well, like because it does use like real world sounds like wind and stuff. Right. Yeah. It's kind of very organic. I like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, of course, it's not. Um, before when I was saying, you know, I'm, uh, I feel depressed when I listen to those things. Not to indicate that all uh, of the music <laughs> in that genre <laughs> is that way. I just, I feel like it's got to be a Spotify thing and not just the genre yeah. in general. You can't, you can't find ambient music that's very uplifting. It's just basically the instrument they use, the, the pitch and things like that. Yeah. Because I know, I know what you mean. Like some of them are very depressing. They're so, I don't know what the right word is for it, but they're very... It's just very simple, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. very like, low end sort of. Yeah, it's whatever modality, like I don't know music theory at all, but whatever kind of, you know, mode they're writing in or whatever the chord progressions are. I know that ambient yeah. probably doesn't have progressions in the same way that other songs do, but it's like there is that musicality there that the way it flows just is like 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I'm actually trying to study music theory, so I'm trying to really <laughs> get to grips around that. Yeah, so I know what you mean. Like, some of the some of the pieces they just make you feel a certain way. It yeah. could be like nostalgia, it could be melancholy or something, which I try and avoid. I try and get some uplifting sort of stuff to do with space or something. You know, it sounds like you're in you're in space. Yeah, helps you helps you be creative. Yeah, exactly. It's because yeah. that's what I'm looking for when I'm looking for a uh, some kind of something to play in the background is something that lets my mind kind of expand a bit and not something yeah. that's going to start pushing buttons of my emotions, you know? <laughs> that's why I try and do a bit of classical as well. Like get some violins in there or something. Strings. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cuz yeah, I also have like, you know, I'll have some Chopin or something or Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like the, you know, it starts to tickle your brain a bit. You're like, okay, <laughs> yeah, this is good. Some complexity. I mean, do do you find that music inspires your work? Like you listen to a certain track and it gives you an idea or something? Because that's with me that happens as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of it is kind of analogous, and that can happen with any, I guess, any artwork. But music, yeah, there will be. Um, so I, my biggest it's so basic but like I'm a huge Beatles fan like I listen, oh, yeah, listen cool. to the music all the time and there will be kind of inspiration where it's like they approached a song or an album in a certain way and I'll be like I want to approach a video kind of in that way or this yeah. song has kind of this journey to it uh, I feel like Paul McCartney in particular, like in his solo stuff, and it's, I, I feel like if you were to ask him, he'd be like, oh, I was just writing a song. Like, <laughs> but for me, it's like a lot of his songs have a way of uh, going on a journey of feeling upbeat and then having this like question at the end that leaves you feeling less upbeat than you started which even i just complained about feeling depressed by songs but it's not it's different it's a kind of just like i love that idea of have of twisting things at the end which is you know it's, yeah, it's a basic dramatic i know what you concept. mean i know yeah i know what you mean with the beatles one yeah because they just they just sound so different i can't explain it just the way they approach it yeah, and just the general thing else. of in eight years they released thirteen albums, and like every two years yeah. it was a different style, and they were reinventing themselves all the time. I'm like, dang, I've been doing <laughs> I've been doing YouTube for four or five years, and I feel like I'm totally stagnated. Like, I, <laughs> so I'm, oh well, I had the same thing because yeah. I, you know, I started 2014, and then roughly, I guess, well for me it was like maybe two years, two or three years. I felt like I was stagnating. Yeah, and I just learned to just switch it up. Like you just got to switch it up and try something new. Yeah, and do it for yourself. Like don't you know? I know people say do it uh, for the channel. Like you know, you always have to stick to the same thing because people will get annoyed. But yeah, with me, like I just decided to switch it up, do animation and do music, and it's just just for me. Like I want to try things out. So so that doesn't cause you any. Uh anxiety it's not like a dilemma for you to be like here's what i want to do i'm going to do it no because youtube isn't like a, you know it's not like a full-time job for me it's a hobby it's always it's always going to be a hobby and at the end of the day i just want to be happy and make what i want to make so yeah 
Yeah. I mean, I won't completely switch it up and do something drastically different, but I'll try and branch out and do other things. Yeah. But like yeah. the like the music, yeah. I I won- yeah. I mean, it's kind of similar. <laughs> yeah. And I wondered about that because your upload cadence is so infrequent. I was like, well, this probably is not your full-time uh, job. So how do you nope. ma- manage that as a creative person who does something else to make your, your living, but also um, you're doing these projects on the side of YouTube, of making an <laughs> a, a album that's you know, 50 minutes long, which isn't easy to produce that much music? No. So if I'm doing like full-time work, it's usually, I don't know, the average is like nine till six in the UK. So I'd come home, depending how busy that day was, I'd maybe do an hour or two. And that's pretty much why the videos take so long Mm. to make because I'm exhausted. Oh yeah. But uh, when I was, because I switched over to freelancing a few years ago. So when I had way more time, I focused way more on this and I was able to work a lot more on it. Ah, so like when you had like a, a when you were working for the man, it was easier for you to, to do your own stuff. But now, yeah, you're you're working for yourself freelancing. And so there's not uh, not enough time. Oh, no, no. It's the other way around. It's the other way around. It's the other way around. Yeah. When I was uh, doing the old nine to five thing, uh, I didn't really have time because obviously you're exhausted. But now that I can sort of request, I don't know, two weeks off, three weeks off, because I have my own schedule, I can just spend a whole day doing it if I wanted to. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people, you know, on my, uh, so on, this podcast will go on my second channel. Uh, yeah. The other videos that I make, the shorter videos are kind of about creativity and people are mm. like what do i like i feel like my my job burns me out and i don't have anything left for what i want to do for being creative how do, right. like, have you ever felt that or are you just limitless energy like how do you deal um, with that i don't know i kind of channel all my energy into creating these ideas and then having a a really big goal in the future so basically this is all practice for what i really want to do is basically you know what do i want to do in the future creatively and you can do all these smaller videos and try and perfect whatever you're trying to do like animation or something like that so what's the dream goal for you in the future that you're working uh, the dream goal i guess is to just do a larger scale animation or something similar something a big creative project but because i've have i've got all this experience now from doing it on youtube i can i can do a better job i guess yeah so would the idea be to like you want to create like write direct i don't even know how it works like a mainstream animated film or would it be to like get uh, work for a big animation company, like work for yeah, uh, Pixar or like whatever. Like, to, what, what's the the ideal dream uh, for you? I mean, my dream always changes every few months, but I guess oh, sure. yeah, I'd like to uh, eventually direct my own animation animated film. It could be like a two hour thing or something. And that's the goal. Yeah. Or ideally, if I'm pursuing this music path, I can do something similar with that, like help score a a movie or something yeah so that's the yeah 
So I'm kind of working towards that because obviously I'm still learning at the end of the day. I'm not perfect, so it's just, I, it's just practice. So. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's impressive though because I feel like a common thing I've heard throughout this is you just like taught yourself a lot of things. And I'm like, how do you oh, yeah. how do you have the time to do this? Because it's like I've taught uh, myself things too, but it took a real long time, and it was well, and I'm not even very proficient at those s- things. You, you kind of have to start when you're like 14, like I did. Okay, so <laughs> so basically, yeah, when you're 14, I, this was like 2010. I was very curious. I, I installed like animated animation software, like After Effects yeah. and things like that. And after school, I just experiment and do whatever whatever I wanted. I try things out. So when you're starting at a young age, you get a kind of an advantage because you're 14, so you've got so many years to try and improve yourself and things like that. Right. Yeah. No one is uh, yeah. demanding that you stop and uh, get a job or whatever. You know. Yeah. Like I'm just going to school. You know, I can do things after class. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a good point because I like one of my uh, like I started learning how to record music when I was like 17 and it was like slow. It was very slow and gradual, but I just had the luxury of being able to teach myself as a hobby. And, uh, those are like skills that I vaguely still have today. But if I were to try to learn it now, it's like I tried to, uh, uh, I originally used final cut pro to edit my videos. And then yeah. when I started working with an editor, they wanted to use Premiere. So I had to switch over to that. And it, yeah. it took me about two years of like the worst I've... frustration ever to learn Premiere. Until now I'm proficient at it, but it, did, it was not fun or easy. Oh, I had the same thing because my job actually required me to learn Premiere. So I had to, in the office, learn it while I'm in between working on other projects. That is And it brutal. did take like... T- yeah, two years as well. But then that point you just said about recording music, did you mean like actually like with microphones, setting it up and placement and things like that? Yeah, yeah. I got, um, so for Christmas of um, 2004, so I'm a little bit older than you here. So I got, uh, yeah. I was, I was uh, 17, I got a four-track cassette uh, tape recorder oh nice and so all you know this analog thing is still at my parents house somewhere i need to dig it up because uh i'd love to try to make some like lo-fi or like real yeah authentic recordings with it um but yeah so that's how i started learning and then a couple years after that i got an eight track digital recorder and that opened up a world of possibility and then after that i learned how to plug straight into the computer and I used Audacity, and then I got yeah. Uh, you know, like you when you, a lot of times when you buy stuff, uh, audio equipment, you'll get a free thing to like the light version of Ableton. So I got uh, I got that as well. Cubase. Yeah. So I, I got Cubase. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm in yeah. the Cubase ecosystem now. So I've got Cubase on my computer, even though I think it's like designed for techno music, but it's like whatever. It's it's what I mean, I, it's pretty good. Like yeah, like I'm actually studying again now for a year like all this audio engineering and setting up things like you're doing yeah so yeah and we have to learn cubase we have to learn pro tools as well which is so difficult and that's like the industry standard pro tools yeah i've never used it no yeah it's uh gets it's it's a while to learn but you know it's it's very good once you know it so you in school now for audio engineering 
Yeah, I went back to school after like seven years wow. of, of working. Wow, what I really want to like? pursue this. It's weird. It's like you're back in a classroom, you get assignments, you... I mean, most of my class are roughly the same age as me. It's kind of varied. It's like a 10-year age gap sometimes, but yeah, it's really cool. Just learning. So you're learning how to set up the microphones and all that. Yeah, we're, we're learning everything. We're learning audio engineering. We're learning how to use mixing consoles. You know, there's like 48 track. Yeah. With all, with all these sliders and things like that and how to set up mics, record them. Yeah. Use doors and things like that. Do they still uh, start you off? Because I remember like back when I was going to college, I was like, let me look into some of these programs for audio engineering because that was something I thought I would do. And yeah. um, the, uh, some of the programs, it was like they start you off with actually editing tape and cutting it, like actual oh. physical tape. Do they still do that where they start you with the fundamentals of analog? We, we do learn that, but they don't make you use it because it's just not viable now to yeah. like, give a student a... What's it called? I don't even know the name of it, two-inch tape or something. Yeah. Uh, but we do have tape machines there just to study them, and we do get tested on things like that. But it's useful to know in case you go to a recording studio and they do have analog gear that you need to know. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. So is the, the path after this, would the idea be to, I mean, you've mentioned like working in, in movies, like would the, this degree help with getting into a, uh, a movie studio or would it be a better path to go yeah. into? I mean, you're also doing music. Like, I feel like you're at a, uh, <laughs> an, a, uh, part of your life where you've got a lot of options to choose from you could go in several different directions because you have a lot of different interests and yeah the skill set is is uh open enough for you so like what do you think the next step would be so yeah that's the main reason i did this i wanted to improve my skill set and just try and because i've been doing editing and doing video work for so many years and audio was the only thing i wasn't very proficient at i wasn't like I didn't understand what I was doing with it. Mm. As you can tell with the distortion, like half the videos, but the goal at the moment is to do this and then eventually I'd be proficient enough to, to go into a studio and maybe do some music for some movie or something. Yeah. Like I'd be able to be in a studio and know what I'm doing. Yeah. Which is always good to know. What is the degree that comes out of it is it like just a certification or is it like a master's like what is what do you get at the end of it uh this one's only a diploma but you do get so much knowledge because all the the people are in the industry themselves yeah oh yeah so they they are the contacts basically they know what they're doing right i feel like that's so. a lot of the advantage of going to school is just the connections you get yeah exactly yeah they they when they're not teaching they're in their in their recording studio so they could be in there in the morning and then they travel and teach you at the end of the day so they're always working they know everyone yeah how now i don't know we can cut this if this is like getting into to some kind of invasion of privacy but i th i know this i think from like your instagram or whatever you moved yeah. to canada right is that was this for school yeah, yeah, they uh, they have a good uh, program here, and one of my old coworkers uh, recommended it. And I've always just liked Canada for some reason. I just liked the idea of coming here. I mean, it's a great place. So, yeah, so I'm in Toronto right now, which is uh, it's always smoky outside for some reason from the, the wildfires. Yeah, it's still it's still going on up there. 
Yeah, I think it's... They said it's, uh, like, the season for that, but oh, it's yeah. just worse this year or something. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, like, a month ago, you know, it blew down here, even around where I live, which is uh, near Washington, D.C., there was a day where our neighborhood smelled like smoke, oh. and it was hazy. Like, it was... It was yeah, yeah. I, I read that. Like, even in New York, it was just completely... Yeah. It looked like orange or something. Yeah. Uh, and I, ha I have a few YouTuber friends who live in... Uh, Canada, but they're uh, they're not yeah. they're not in Toronto, but uh, Canada is a, uh, a very cool place. Do you what's the what's the transition been like? Just moving to a new place has it been like difficult to adjust? Has it like how long have you been uh, there at this point? I've been here five months. Okay, yeah. So you've had a little time, so, but you pro it probably still feels new. Like what's what's it been like? Uh, I mean it's it's really weird when you move on your own like you completely switch your life around and just move um the first month was a bit uh a bit terrible because my luggage was lost on the flight oh, so i didn't no. have anything for like a month yeah uh but everyone's so friendly everyone's very welcoming everyone's just really lovely here they they, they treat you really well as a as a foreigner you know i'm coming from the uk and they, they always want to know about your culture and things like that so yeah and they they think the accent is is really cool for some reason <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean i, I feel yeah it's kind of this thing of, hey we're speaking the same language but it's like different it's you know, yeah like, like the the first day of class everyone just looked at me and going like why they, they said like why are you here in canada like did you get lost or something? <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah uh is the idea to just be there for uh school or do you think you might want to try to stay afterwards I mean, I can't really answer that. I don't know at the moment. But I'll just see see where it goes. Yeah. If I enjoy it enough, you know. Oh yeah. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. It seems like in you going through your uh, past videos, it seems like you've done a bit of traveling because there's uh, there's been a couple of videos at least that I've seen where you're in uh, different countries uh, on various yeah. trips. So is that um, a big thing for you, traveling? Or have I just happened to see the videos where you, the few times you've traveled? No, no, traveling is definitely a big part of my life. Before I came here, I was going at least twice a month somewhere. Mm -hmm. Maybe not maybe not like international, but I'd go around the UK to some various place. But yeah, yeah eventually I was doing most of Europe just because I wanted to try hiking just random places and exploring everywhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's lucky where, you know, in living in the UK, you can just like get on a two hour flight and be in, you know, a totally different country. So. Yeah. And you don't need any paperwork, I guess. I yeah. mean, you need like, you don't need a, a visa or something. You can just go to some random country, like you can go to Italy. I could book it the night before and go the next day if I wanted to. Oh man, that's that's the life, yeah. man. The going to America last year, I went I actually went near DC and I went to Silver Spring. Yeah, and, I was going to uh, ask that, you that because I saw a video that was called Silver Spring, and I was like, "Is that Silver Spring, Maryland? Is that what you're talking about?" Yeah, that's where I went. Wow, it was lovely. Yeah, it's a, it's I went there. I went there last May. I went there for about two weeks, and then I went to New York as well. Nice. Where I got food poisoning. Oh no, not nice. Yeah. <laughs> not nice. Just yeah. Well, it was my mistake because I went to like a burger stand and just 
ate whatever they gave me. So I mean, the, you figured they're in business. They should, you know, they shouldn't be giving well, people food poisoning. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was my mistake, but it was cool. Apart from that, was that your first time in America? Yeah, it was. Yeah, what was your? I was very impression? scared. I didn't know where I was going. I nearly got run over by a car for some reason. Like I was, I was opposite the the U.S. Capitol, and there was like a a four lane road or something. Yeah, yeah. I didn't understand how the the crossing lights worked when you cross the road, so I just walked out into the road, and this car had to like stop in front of me. So it's a close call. Yeah, They're very close. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, what, <laughs> dude, I lived in D.C. It, during that time. Like, I wish I had reached out oh, yeah? earlier. We could have, you know. Oh wow! Yeah, we should could have, have shown that. you the sights. But uh, yeah, I was because uh, I was in Silver Spring, and I was going downtown every day, walking around. Yeah. Where did I go? I can't remember. It was uh, there was this pl- there was this place like downtown where they, they had all these restaurants, like all these Oriental restaurants. That's re- that was really good. Oh yeah, like Chinatown. Yeah, pretty much there. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. It's a good city. It does all the traveling. Uh, does that help with your creative inspiration for? Uh, for whether it's videos or or music, like do you, where do you draw? Uh, you, I mean, you mentioned before for the videos, you'll just see something and it's, inspiration mm. comes to you. Do you like intentionally do anything to prime the pump for inspiration for your creativity? Well, normally I'll bring my camera with me mm-hmm. and just film random scenes. Like I'll film I don't know a street or something. And I'll use that for footage. I'll use that for mainly like maybe album covers to give me an idea of what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So with the the one I'm doing now, it's like a very small. It's not even an album. It's like four tracks. But I just went on a highway once, and I just had that view of all the lights going down at night. I thought that's a good idea. I can try and do something with that. So, it's so yeah, like, basically my camera is is my my friend with that. Yeah. So it's like a. Uh visual it's like you're collecting visuals that then later feed into these other mediums yeah i'm I'm very much a visual learner yeah i pick up visually and you know even like music inspires me it just some idea just pops into my head i can't really explain why it just does yeah and that's where it'll come from so you don't fret a lot about uh your next creative idea because like for uh for me i'm like oh gosh man i gotta come up with some ideas i gotta be well, creative i can i can i can read you some upcoming titles that i thought was funny oh yeah um let's see i have a funny idea well it's not funny but it's called canon a380 land on a 20 meter runway and this is gonna be awkward yeah. if I don't laugh at any of these. <laughs> well, there, there you go. It's so it's so stupid. Like, well, no, it can't. But maybe it can. And then the entire Roman army versus one M1 Abrams tank. I don't know. That's could be that, something. Okay, so the first one I didn't catch the A380 part, and now that I have the visual oh, oh. of the A380, now I get the humor of yeah. it. Especially if the thumbnail can sell it. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like the uh, the Boeing 787. The Bo- yeah, the Boeing video, like. What could I do with that? Something really absurd. Yeah. Uh, so that's it, really. It's just five pages of these random titles, you know. 
Yeah, no, I I do the same thing. I ha I call it a dump file where I just write down everything. I have a, <laughs> I have Google Keep on my phone and I just write down everything. Yeah, I've got the same thing. Yeah, you can get it on your uh, PC as well as like a standalone application. I'm gonna have to do that because I always you know I just yeah. go through my browser and Google Chrome when I'm trying to get it on the computer, which I yeah. But you can I think it's like a pop up. You can get it on your. I don't know if you have Mac or PC, but you can like pin it to your start, uh, taskbar and just have it open up. Okay, yeah, I've got to do that. Cool. Yeah, I've mm -hmm. got I've got uh, Mac because uh, oh cool. Yeah, P PC. It's like I, that's what I originally had, and uh, it's just too. It gets too complicated. I can't handle it. <laughs> to be yeah, to be fair, like we had to use Mac at work, and I actually kind of enjoyed using it. Yeah, but it's, it's just the software that wasn't supported, so I. I didn't really migrate to that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just have a, a few more questions for you because uh, this has been a very uh, interesting interview for me. Yeah. And I feel like you're a, a, a brilliant creative mind, if I can use a, uh, oh, a an, over, <laughs> an overly... <laughs> brilliant uh, creative mind. <laughs> the, uh, so uh, one specific question and one broad question. Uh, specific question is I've seen uh, occasionally you'll be live streaming while you're editing and it'll just be you at a mm. computer. Why, what's the thought behind that? Is it just to, is it like some kind of artistic thing where it's like, hey, watch me do this? Is it sort of like for a community yeah. connection? What is the, what? What's your... it, it definitely is like a community connection thing. I just want to talk to to people that watch my videos and just have a really relaxing stream where I'm just editing something. Yeah. Because I used to do that a lot back in the day, like 2017 onwards. I was doing every few weeks, I was doing a live stream for several hours, just me in software doing stuff. Yeah. But then... Um, lately, like I guess some of the comments, like for the SpongeBob video, someone said that I didn't even make the oil rig like I just stole it from some asset store mm -hmm. so I just did a live stream of me opening it up and like actually doing the modeling just to prove that I actually made it oh wow <laughs> so yeah but mainly just mainly just to connect with people yeah does it get distracting yeah. at all or do you are like I because I, uh, I didn't because I think when I tuned in it was literally just you editing and maybe not saying much to the audience. So I was like, is this just a performance bit or is this just a period uh, where he is focusing and then he'll yeah. come back? Like some of them, when I first started, I was always talking. I had the mic on, I had the chat on the other screen. Yeah. But then eventually I wasn't even working. I just ended up just talking. Yeah. I wasn't being productive. So I did a bit of both where I'd muted myself and then just worked. And it did an occasional like comment at the end of the thing. Yeah, because I mean, live streams are uh, exhausting. Like when you're engaged with the audience, yeah. like it's not easy. No, especially when you're trying to think while you're editing. Like you're doing complex, I don't know, musical three D things. Yeah, having to just read the comments, reply, and then remember what you're trying to do, and then check the software's working, check the mic levels are fine. Uh, it's just very, you need someone else to do that for you. Like you need two people. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's way too, like even when in 2020 I did live streams where it was just me like this in front of a camera. And even then that was just way too much to keep track of. And I, 
couldn't. Oh, was uh, it like just simple, like just talking? Yeah, it just, was. It was basically just fielding questions from the audience. But even then, I just felt too overwhelmed. It was very difficult to yeah. keep up with. Yeah, I guess that's why I stopped doing it. Yeah. Uh, well, I, what I did was I live streamed on the main channel and then just archived it on my archive channel. So I just have a playlist of a hundred of live streams. Oh, and so people can go watch those. Yeah, they can just watch the vods on uh, the other channel. Ah, yeah, the vods. That's the term I recently learned. The vods. The yeah. uh, that's the YouTube Video name for mind. regular videos. <laughs> uh. So here's, uh, uh, this is like my last uh, question, question before I get to kind of like the general wrap up stuff that I like to ask every guest. Um, yeah. Do you have, so for me, a lot of times when I've been working, I'll just uh, do what I think is right and put that out. But sometimes I'm like, let me get a lot of opinions before I go to the next step. Let me make sure this concept is right. Yeah. Let me see if this script is right. Let me see if this video is worth releasing. Do you have people that you bounce ideas off of or do you just rely uh, on your own compass? I don't know. I guess for very specific videos where it's like historical, yeah, I'll get feedback from certain people. Uh-huh. But the majority of it is not really worth I mean it, the videos are so absurd I don't think I don't think people would have anything to say apart from oh this is very weird but I guess it's cool you know right so occasionally like with a, a, a serious like especially my music I'll get feedback definitely uh, but everything else like I don't think it's really worth it so. yeah at what point do you get the feedback for your music is it early on like draft phase or is it once it's done just deciding uh, what to keep and what yes. to throw out it's roughly after the first draft. Yeah. Like I'll I'll make I'll arrange something, send it to people and see what they think. And then I'll build upon that. So I'll get to like version ten of a certain song and it'll be quite it'll be a lot better obviously, but yeah. I start very early. Yeah. So it's so do you uh, like what do you say to them do you just say to this person hey uh tell me what you think or do you have specific things like listen for this listen for this or do you just say like uh, uh, be be brutal. Give me yeah, the most. Very... <laughs> no, very basic. I just say, hey, here's my new song. Just take a listen. Uh, yeah, take a listen and tell me what you think about it. Yeah. I mean, they they always give constructive feedback. They're not going to say, oh, this sucks. Yeah. They'll they'll, <laughs> they'll give me some feedback. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's always the thing is it's like tough because like I'll ask my wife for uh, feedback on stuff and she's not like she doesn't have a artistic background, but I trust mm. her to know if something is just basically funny or not, you know? So, yeah, but it's hard because I'll be like, I need your feedback, but I also need you to kind of try to couch it in some kind of like helpful criticism and not just like yeah. not funny. You know what I mean? It's very difficult. You just have to find the right person that that can give you that kind of feedback. Yeah. Because some people, they'll say like one word. They'll say, oh, cool. Or right. Whatever. But then some people, they'll, they'll actually, they'll literally bullet point things they want to improve based on their opinion. Oh, yeah. Which is cool. I can actually like work with that. Right. Yeah. That's great to yeah. have. Because when yeah. someone is just like, oh, it's great. Or, or you know. Like, yeah. Like thumbs up. Like literally one person just sent a thumbs up emoji. Like, okay, thanks. Yeah. I'm like that. <laughs> 
so passive aggressive. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, cool, cool song, bro. Uh, <laughs> the worst for me is when someone is like, "Oh, that video is cute." I'm like, "No, I, I like that's the worst." I'm not making that, a toddler's video. Or like cute as in. They'll just like, like good or bad way. Like they, I, well, I think they just mean it like a good thing. Like it's oh, okay. amusing. Like if I should, well, a comedy video to clarify. Uh, yeah, yeah, I feel like when people say it was cute, they're trying to say something nice. But to me, it means it wasn't funny, but I was somewhat amused. You know, <laughs> and that's like oh uh, yeah. I mean, you could you could set it as. In YouTube, you do the setting like made for kids, so you can do it as a kid. <laughs> right. You know. That's what I'll do. I'll uh, yeah. just, whenever whenever I get that feedback, I'm like, fine. It's a kids. It's a kids yeah, uh, it's show a, now. It's for kids only. That's what you get. It's like very. Uh, it's a punishment of the audience. Yeah, that's what you get. Uh, to wrap up, I have uh, this question. Uh, it was kind of like three questions. So uh, yeah, for people who get. So the idea is like if you're working on something and you get stuck creatively, uh, the idea mm. of writing something down on cards, having them in a deck and pulling something and there's a line written on it to kind of jostle your brain and get you moving again. Yeah. Uh, so there's three types of cards and I'll just go through each one individually and I'll get your response. So what for you... What would be a question that you could put on a card that you or someone else could draw that could hopefully get them unstuck in a time uh, of uh, creative block? I guess. Does this make you want to watch it again? Oh, yeah, that's good. That could be a good question, I guess. Like, do you want to watch it, rewind it and watch it again because it's so interesting or exhilarating or something yeah that's what i that's what i do in my head mentally like do people want to rewind and because you can tell now in youtube they've got like that little thing over the play bar it's like the most watched part yeah it's like this little graph thing so that kind of tells you what people like right yeah on your channel yeah i love that that uh feature now yeah that's cool yeah and it's really good especially if you're stuck because you're trying to figure out is this good or not and uh if you yeah. can answer, if that can be like a criteria, one of the criterion for uh, hmm. um, if it's good or not, do you want to watch it again? Definitely. So another kind of card would be a statement where it's not, so it's not a question and it's not telling you to do something, but it's kind of just like uh, a th uh, some kind of saying. Um, so for like an example is... Uh, even if this ends in failure, the time was not wasted. That's one of the things I've that's written down. That's true. So what, yeah. can you think of one that you would put that's just a statement? I guess in, in regards to, to audio, I'd say if it sounds good, it is good. That's good. That's pretty, yeah. you know, if it sounds good, then it's good. Yeah. No, that's uh, yeah. that's uh, knowing a few things about audio engineering. I know that that's uh, <laughs> um, an important thing because it's like 
you got to listen with your ears. I think a lot of once you start to learn this stuff, you try to listen with your eyes, you know, looking at the software yeah. and everything and looking at the but levels and whatever. You can tell when you're listening to some really good music that you, your heart races or whatever, you're, you get goosebumps. Yeah. You feel this weird feeling that means it's good. So Yeah. Did you? This is a side thing, but did you know that not everyone gets goosebumps when they listen to music? Oh, really? Yeah. I just. I don't know. Do Do you get them naturally, or is there a way to just trigger it? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I no, know. I get them. Uh, you know, I I get them naturally, but it's also like if I'm listening to good music, I'll get goosebumps. And I read somewhere that it's like, I don't oh, know, wow. only twenty percent of people have that experience. Because. I don't know if I really get them. Like, if I listen to some really good music, I won't feel like I have goosebumps. Yeah. I just feel this weird feeling. But, yeah, it'd be nice to have it more often. Yeah. No, I, I mean, um, I, for me, I guess I'm very sensitive to it where it's not every time. But it's like if I can, especially if I'm getting into a place where I'm just listen, I'm concentrating on the music and can get into the emotion of it. I will Even a song I've heard a million times before, I can still get goosebumps from it. What? what what does it feel like again? Because I actually don't remember the last time I had this. Um, it's just like your arms or something? Yeah, it's like, tingling. you know, it kind of just feels like uh, it's like a cold feeling kind of. And yeah, the hair on your arm and oh, wow. on both your arms and like kind of the back of your neck also just stands up. And it just, yeah, it just feels like that kind of general good. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh yeah, it's uh, it was interesting. Euphoric. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then lastly, the last kind of card would be an invitation. So it's, you could also think of it as kind of just like a, a command, but just like a an action that someone could take, which could be very uh, literal, or it could be more abstract in, in you know mm. or general. What would one Do you be have an for? example? Or? Yeah, so uh, one that's kind of general is like pretend to be someone else. Like that, just a way of kind of, if you're mm. stuck, I feel like some of these commands are sort of just to get you out of your normal way of doing things. But then another one I wrote down that's very literal is like pick up the first book you see, open it to a random page, pick out a word, you know, work from that. Okay. I'm going to steal this from Mr. Robot, but I found a, a good quote that one of them said it's like be the most important person in the room ah like have that mindset like oh i'm so important you know i can do whatever i want and like creatively that's really good good mindset to have like you can just have so much creative free reign and do what you want to do yeah that's good because i think confidence is what unlocks you to be the your best possible creative self Exactly. That's that's good. I like exactly. that one. Yeah, it's not mine though, so Mr. Robot. Well, <laughs> I heard it just from you, so. Out. Yeah, just cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get sued by Mr. Robot, man. Whoops. Um, well, Marco, thanks so much. I appreciate you uh, coming on the uh, yeah. podcast and talking to me about uh, your, your creative life. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been really great. Yeah.